Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Sacred Jellyfish Podcast. On today's episode, I have a special guest, Isabella, and we talk about diving into the inner depths of being human and what it means to us and what we're going through energetically, spiritually, emotionally, physically in this vessel, this human vessel. We talk about finding our way and navigating this human experience through all its depths and through all the chaos and love and how to navigate it through winter especially because it can be a very shadow-filled season. But I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for tuning in. I want to know what your first like spiritual experience was or how you got into spirituality um I would say that I've been having spiritual experiences probably since I was very little um I think I would um kind of hear like bumps in the night or I would like see spirits when I was little and that was kind of my start um on my mom's side of the family we have like friends who talk to angels and things like that um so I think it's always been a part of my life ever since I was like a little little kid yeah Um, but yeah and you're um Colombian yeah my mom's side of the family's from Colombia and does that contribute to like your spirituality and the connection that you have with that I would say yes. Um, I think, I don't know, it's hard because Colombia is like the, I guess the accepted religion is Catholicism, but I feel like a lot of people's relationship with God or spirit or whatever you would like to call it, it's very flexible in the way that they express it and practice it, um, which is definitely been my experience for me. Um, I've been very free flowing, moving back and forth on what I call like source or spirit or God, um, and kind of just allowing that to evolve as I move forward. That's awesome. I love that. What about you? Like what, what was your first experience? I think we've talked about it briefly, but. Yeah, honestly, since you said like you, it goes back to childhood, I would probably say the same. I think like kids, we all have a more like a deeper connection with spirit and energy and the universe and all things like that. So I would say it also goes back to just hearing things growing up and having these other people would call it a vivid imagination. But honestly, like I felt so anchored into everything around me. So I know that had to definitely contribute to my spiritual essence inside but then I was also thinking when you were talking that literally like everything is spirit and everything is connected to spirit so everything is spirituality to some extent so it was yeah it's very interesting but I would also have like very vivid dreams growing up and I think that contributed to spirituality and I'm also like a very deep feeler so I feel like I pick up on things differently than other people yeah I totally agree I think I I felt I felt and continue to feel very deep emotions and feel very emotionally like empathetic and connected to other people um and I think 
spirituality is kind of my way of not coping with that necessarily, but like experiencing that. Um, some, I think some of my deepest like spiritual experiences have been in my relationships with other people, whether they're like my family or my friends or like lovers that I've had. I definitely feel like that is where I've felt like the most spirituality is like a sense of community and connection. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. I know like with very close friends who I'm able to be intimate with, but in a platonic sense, it's helped me open up a lot. And I think like a lot of people who are more empathetic connect it to spirituality because it kind of, it honestly is like a way of coping. And it's kind of a way of just like saying that you feel really deeply and you are more emotional. It's good to just say you're like an empath. So it just clears up that whole thing. Yeah, that's definitely like a very good way to like label it so other people understand for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I try not to to label things because sometimes I feel like I, I I've had some like people pleasing tendencies, and I have a tendency to kind of like water myself down or to make other people understand me or make me more palpable. Mm-hmm. And that's I think I think if people don't understand, that's okay. You know, if they, you know, if they care about you and they treasure you, they'll make the effort to slowly understand you without those labels. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think being able to share is also a wonderful experience. So definitely like a double-edged sword, but yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, um, I know growing up and in society, we always have this idea that we have to label everything and we have to put ourselves in these boxes and we have to organize our lives into things so other people can better understand our needs but honestly like like you were saying before we're very like free-flowing individuals and I think everyone wants to be a free-flowing individual just sometimes they don't have the resources or they don't really know how to express that to people Mm -hmm. yeah our society just runs on labeling things when we are just energy in human bodies that just want to do whatever. Yeah, I, I was thinking about um, about uh, the subject of this episode while I was kind of going about my day. And I think I think that the most spiritual experience you can have is the human experience. Like there are so many things about being human or like allowing yourself to be human like feeling emotions or you know telling people that you love them and like it sounds very basic but like those smaller things or those things that are not traditionally aligned with like um spirituality are very I think those are very spiritual in their own way Mm, yeah exactly yeah I was I wrote something the other day that was basically saying like being human and having the human experience is the most unique thing in the whole universe in my point of view because you can feel all these different things and you can experience all these unique things like going to concerts or falling in love or crying or experiencing a death in your life and all those experiences all together create just magic I don't really know how to even put it into words it's it, it I think the experiencing those things the good and the bad creates like a depth mm-hmm. and it also I think 
it allows you to connect more with other people. I think, especially in Western society, there's this idea of like hyper individualism where we all have to be um, like completely and completely functioning by ourselves and we're not allowed to depend on others and we're not allowed to learn from others like we have to be perfectly self-sufficient but I think community is so important to having a spiritual experience or for the human experience I think we're social creatures at the end of the day and so if you are busy being like, well, I have to be different from everyone and I cannot share. I think you might find yourself, you know, suffering or maybe even falling into like narcissistic tendencies because you're like, I'm the best. I'm, I am me and nobody else is me, but it's okay to share yourself and your qualities with others. And I think that's a huge part of the human experience that I think, at least in Western society, that people forget sometimes. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I was watching a YouTube video that goes into that and she was visiting a part of California where there was a lot of people who lived into their hundreds and she kind of wanted to find out how that was possible for them. And one thing that they all had in common was having a shared sense of community and a lot of them were religious and spiritual and they felt like they had an outlet to communicate with others and share their beliefs with others. And yeah, I think that's a really big part of just living a fulfilling life is to be able to connect deeply with others and not be afraid of that. And I know that people who are in a different aspect of spirituality, they do feel like they are put on a pedestal or they have these really unique special gifts that um, is different from everyone else and no one else has that unique ability that they do. But you're saying that kind of does give them a narcissistic point of view and it does, it can be really draining. And um, I was going to add something else, but I forgot what I was going to say. I think, um, yeah, I think a huge part of, I guess that narcissism or kind of like that self-inflation that I'm talking about is like, if you feel like you cannot reach out to others because they will not be be able to help your what your perceived like unique situation is it may kind of stop you from forming connections that will fill your cup or you know doing things like trying new things that would make you happier if you did um like um I want to present like an example um I am currently in university and I'm a film major so we're working on short films and everything and I never thought that I would be able to be a cinematographer I was like no way that's not me I I didn't think that that was possible for me um but because I was working with a different team of people and they had asked me to do it I realized how capable I actually was and it also like I think that that film part of the subject of that film was like it had a spiritual element in it but it was also a big moment of like growth for me because I was trying something new and allowing myself to do it regardless of whether I I thought I could you know it was it Mm -hmm. was it was more of like overcoming a fear than thinking that I being self-inflated but I think that's an example of um 
of that self-inflation. Um, I don't know if you have watched Avatar The Last Airbender, but um, it, I think Iroh is talking to Zuko and Iroh says, you have to get rid of your shame. And then Zuko says, what are you talking about? I'm as proud as ever. And then he says, Zuko, Iroh says, Zuko, pride is not the opposite of shame, but the source of it. Humility is the only way to overcome shame. And so I feel like with uh, the self-inflation that some people may experience when they first start getting into spirituality is that having humility and like not being of service to others, but allowing yourself to be of service to others is a great way to grow and heal as a person. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I haven't watched The Last Airbender. A lot of people have said I should watch it, but I just, I guess I haven't found time, but I should. Um, Very good. Um, it's definitely my, one of my comfort shows. And um, it's definitely one of the shows that from when I watched it as a kid, I'm still enjoying it as an adult. And that's how you know it's like a good TV show. It's good for everybody. Mm, yeah, that like a um, nostalgic show that connects you deeper mm-hmm. than yourself. Um, I was reading a book and in the book she was talking about how she wanted to be strong but she felt very weak when trying to present herself as strong and then the person she was talking to said that the strongest thing you can do is be vulnerable with other people and express your needs to other people and a lot of people I think have a trauma response surrounding that especially if you grew up in more strict household or you felt shame around expressing your needs to people and being in service of others and so I think for a lot of people they tend to self-isolate when certain things arise but the strongest thing you can do is like reach out to others and communicate with others because a lot of times we think we're very different from people especially when we're having um Uh, isolation time or you're working through emotions but really everyone feels the same and a lot of people go through very similar emotions and yeah I I think that kind of contributes to kind of what you were saying too yeah I think um yeah I would definitely advocate for sharing um I think a good way to kind of like heal your relationship with yourself which is also very important to like spirituality and the human experience is knowing what your love languages are um like for example mine are quality time words of affirmation and um and physical touch right so um if you can recognize what those are you can also recognize maybe some of your worst habits when you're feeling down and you're not doing your best self-care or you're feeling mentally ill. Like since one of mine is quality time, one of my worst habits of when I am stressed out is I self-isolate, um, mm-hmm. which is not good. And it, I don't think it aligns with my value of community and sharing and making other people feel safe. Um, just because I I always petition for people to be like, hey, like if you're feeling uncomfortable or you want to talk about things, please let me know. But then if I don't do the same towards other people, I I, I may look like a hypocrite or they're like, oh, I don't I don't want, you know, Isabella 
always asks me to talk to her, but Isabella never talks to me about what she's going through. And it may, it kind of causes an imbalance in your relationships. Right. That's just like one example. But yeah, I think that's huge is understanding self-care and also catching yourself when you're not doing proper self-care or you're falling into bad habits. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, too, because I realized when I am a strong advocate for people like speaking up when they also feel comfortable or having clear communication with people. But I also find myself in my day to day life neglecting that and there are like emotions and feelings that I have towards people that I just haven't expressed and it has to also do with like um, feeling shame and guilt and being scared but it is interesting how whatever we push on other people to do sometimes we really do neglect that within ourselves because I think everyone is a mirror and everyone is a reflection so oftentimes anything that we're consistently trying to speak and preach about is usually the things internally that we need to personally work on Mm -hmm. and also with love language I guess I never like realized that is when I do because my top love language is probably um physical touch And oftentimes I will feel like shame or I'll be scared to ask someone for a hug. But I'm always constantly telling people like, it's okay to give people hugs, but I'm always scared to ask other people to give me hugs. And so it is actually really interesting how we do have tendencies to do things like that. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things where it's like you can't really smell what's right under your nose. Like you can recognize what other people may want and need and you can be there for them, but it's harder to recognize what you want and need for yourself. And I think that stems from like a place of doubt a lot of the time. You're like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I don't need any help. I'm doing great, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the thick of it and you're like, I am not doing great, but it's a little late now for to ask for help because everybody's already asked me or you know I told people that I can handle this and now I'm not handling it yeah I think doubt and fear are like your worst enemy yeah Um, and it's always like I try to present myself a specific way to people as in like I am like fine on my own I don't need people's assistance or help But yeah, like internally, I'm like freaking out. And it also, for me personally, stems from a place where I often lack trust within myself. And kind of an epiphany that I came to this year was there's always like that affirmation where you should trust the universe and I have full trust in the universe. But it's it's kind of hypocritical to say that you have trust in the universe, but you don't have trust in yourself because I feel like everyone is the universe and just human form. So Mm -hmm. it's something I constantly think about is like when I do doubt my own needs and I do doubt what I need internally, I lack that trust within myself and going deeper into that, I would lack trust within the universe because I don't trust all the processes of things surrounding me. Yeah, I think trusting yourself will make uncertainty so much less daunting. 
yeah, I think one of my biggest things that I've like tried to do in my life is like predict people's reactions or predict how things will go or like, oh, I need to make the right choice. And so I'm going to make predictions based off of the choices that are presented in front of me. And sometimes you can't predict those things or you can't control how other people perceive you. And sometimes you kind of have to just do it. Um and I think doing what makes you happy, despite, you know, what, you know, what predictions you can make, I guess, like, a really good example is, like, let's say you want to be, um, you want to be a painter, right? But your family wants you to go into business. And it's like, yeah, you can predict that you being a painter is not going to be very successful or any of that. But if that's what you really want, you have to pursue it in contrast to maybe having security working in business but being dissatisfied Mm -hmm. Um, because at the end of the day it's like hey I may not be making a lot of money but I'm happy and then that matters so much more Um, even if it is like a temp like maybe a temporary state I know people talk about not chasing happiness because it's temporary but I think maybe peace would be a better thing to chase um, I'm going to re- re- redact my happiness statement. I think peace is a good thing because if you're at peace with yourself and the choices you've made, then, you know, life's probably going to be a lot more satisfactory for you and enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it because peace for everyone has like a different definition, but like for everyone, it also means just being at this like relaxed state and having this um contentment within yourself and I think that is a good way to put it like we should go after finding peace and not being like super stressed out and not forcing stuff I realize that when I try to predict and control certain things I'm adding force to it and to me force does not feel comfortable in my body and it's like one of my least favorite feelings in the world Mm -hmm. and so whenever I feel that I recognize that maybe what I'm doing isn't meant for me and I think that's why I'm also like not in school right now is because if I did go to school I'd kind of be forcing that upon myself based off of other people's ideas of what they want me to do and that doesn't feel really like comfortable to me and instead I want to find that internal peace first before I actually venture out and try to discover like what I genuinely like want to do. Yeah. um, I think inner peace is really important. I think one, something I want to add is like, if you have inner peace, when things externally are going wrong, you have a place at the end of the day to come back to that feels safe. Um, that's something that I kind of talked about in therapy is it like, I can't control a lot of the external stuff. I cannot control the future. I can control a very small amount of what happens to me in the future. I have agency and I should do, I should, you know, put all of my effort towards putting the best foot forward, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to get a guaranteed result because of that. And so just taking a step backward and being like, I'm going to take care of me and what I need, um, I think is very, very important to that inner peace. Um, that, that, and that doesn't negate my community statement of like, yeah. if you need stuff from others, please reach out to others. But also like, you know, if you 
need to do the journaling to get where you need to be for the self-care. Like do your journaling, do your breath work, do the stretching, take the long hot shower that you need. Like that self-care is going to save you so much like energy and like stress. And it'll, it'll like those very small things of self-care, I think is what people should like focus on because like, yes, you can do very big things like going to therapy I think for a lot of people is like very a big uncomfortable kind of like step forward but like the small things like a cup of tea you know if you're not comfortable with therapy those small things can get you there and it's not going to solve everything but it'll it'll be a step forward in the right direction yeah exactly and I think one thing that I thought of when you were talking was there has to be that balance between being there for yourself and taking alone time and self-care and then there has to be that balance where you are connecting with others and you aren't afraid to ask for help and I know when I was going to therapy and like at first like the first session I had I was like oh my god this is so uncomfortable because it was weird for me to be in that position where someone was like actively wanting to listen to me and I went for like probably like five or six months, like every other week. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay, now I think I need to take some alone time and actually sort through my thoughts on my own, because it's good to also not become dependent on other people's advice. And I also like sometimes find myself doing that instead of consulting with myself first, I'll look externally and ask people for advice when I know I already have the answers within myself. But I mean, it is good to get that second opinion every once in a while, but it's good to also just sit with yourself first if you need an answer of some sort. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely like a balance that you need to achieve when um, when you're when you're experiencing human things. It's like, do I look at I'll always, uh, you know, ask yourself first, but mm-hmm. if you're unsure you know, from the answer you get from yourself, I think then you can go and ask others. Um, I think balance is very, very important. And it's something that I struggle with, and I'm still learning. Um, But I think once you kind of find that balance, you're like, Oh, I got it, you know, (laughs) like, I can continue, I can keep moving, I got it. So it's a very, like, gratifying experience when you find it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah, I, I don't know what else to add. Um, but besides like winter right now too, it, for me, it is a very like isolating period. And when it is cold outside, I want to be warm and by myself or with specific individuals that make me feel comfortable. And then when it's summer, everything is like sunny and blooming. And that's when I feel more ready to kind of come out of my cocoon and express myself more. So it also has to do with like seasons and paying attention to what you need during the seasons because everyone is different and we all have unique shadows, I realized, that come up when it's like snowy and it's cold. We start thinking of very deep emotions and having very deep emotions and it's sometimes like hard to sort through when it's like cold outside and you actually like don't want to go talk to people yeah um there was a video I watched and there was an indigenous woman talking about some of the teachings that she learned from an elder and one of her elders had said that winter brings clarity 
Um, and that's a statement that I've been holding on to this winter because I normally deal with, um, not, I wouldn't say seasonal depression, but I definitely think my mental health is worse in the colder months. And so um, I feel like that statement has kind of got me to a place of being like, oh, like I'm not feeling good. What in my life needs work or what in my life is not working anymore that used to work and now I kind of have to fix it's I think winter is like a it's a faster period I mean there's there's Thanksgiving which is earlier winter but there's Christmas and New Year's and then Valentine's Day and then there's there's like all of this you know busy holidays happening um, which most of them are based around consumerism. But besides that fact, I think there's all of this busy busyness in winter. And it's I think winter would be easier for a lot of people if we just like slowed down and allowed ourselves to kind of embrace the cold and embrace the slower season and just kind of relax a little bit. Mm, yeah, I I haven't heard that. Like winter brings clarity, but that makes a lot of sense. Like I know I've seen videos where people say that winter is meant to show you things to let go of so that when spring comes, you can um, kind of like spread your wings easier. And I mean, that makes sense. Like what needs clarity in your life and what do you need to recognize now so that the rest of the year is more free flowing and smooth for you specifically? Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know. It's hard. I go back and forth about how I, much I like winter. I think I like a lot of winter activities, mm-hmm. um, but I also, I love spring. I love, you know, starting my garden. I love when everything's blooming. Um, I love the warmer weather. I am not built for colder weather, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think winter is, I think that statement that I heard before winter started has really made this winter season specifically much easier for me and has allowed me to self-reflect more um, and make time for it, Um, especially because everything gets so busy. Uh, I know me personally, I have a very busy schedule. And so making time for me to actually just calm down and sit with my thoughts. And that can be a time if if you're not having a lot of like stress thoughts to sit with spirit that's a great time I like um I like to make tea at the end of the day and just take like a few minutes to breathe like that for for me it's for time to sit with my thoughts but for other people that would be a great time to just sit with spirit because your mind is quiet and so whatever spirit or god or source wants to say to you there's a space for you to listen you know there's space for that message to kind of be delivered Oh, yeah, exactly. And our thoughts. Yeah, we are constantly thinking of thoughts every day. And we're constantly like stimulated by things. So it is really good to like take that reflection period at night. And I was thinking yesterday, actually, during the night periods, I either feel really anxious, or I feel just such immense peace. And I feel like that is just a direct reflection of how much I took in that day. And if I was relaxed, or if there were certain emotions that came up that day that I didn't actually reflect on or process fully. So whatever I'm feeling at night, it comes up. And that's when it's like a good opportunity to just sit with it and get rid of it so that the next day, I 
kind of have like a clean slate and I am fresh again yeah um I think a huge thing about being human I'm not sure if I mentioned it earlier but like giving yourself the time and space to like feel your feelings without criticism um -hmm. I think a lot of people have a tendency to just like suppress their emotions um which is not healthy very obviously a lot of people you know really struggle with suppressing their emotions but like I know um some people will cope with difficult emotions by intellectualizing them um which I am one of those people I am people um (laughs) and I think it's very important to um to feel things and just allow yourself to feel like I think you're still allowed to be curious about your emotions um I know there was a day where I just like cried because I needed to cry and um and I had brought it up to my therapist I was like I shut down this intellectualizing thought of asking while I was crying and um well she said well it's okay to be curious about your emotions as long as you're not thinking them away um and so I think and then there's the balance again of like, do I, do I allow myself to be curious? You know, do I shut down to the thought immediately or give it the space to think about it? Yeah, I came to like the same realization last week and someone pointed out that I do overanalyze a lot of my emotions and I do tend to overthink my emotions personally. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there has to be that balance of, is this thought process draining me or do I need to actually work through it or do I just need to take a deep breath and watch the thought just drift away like a cloud and so there has to be that clarity of doing that and yeah there has to be that balance because I will also get in my own head about things and I will think about the same thing for like a week straight and yeah there has to be a time and place to actually like let it go after a while yeah yeah letting it go I think I think being able to recognize things that are temporary especially emotions emotions are very temporary but recognizing what is temporary and allowing yourself to let go and being okay with that like especially like positive emotions you know when positive emotions leave I think a lot of us can get really frustrated and upset like I was so happy you know yesterday or last week or last month and I'm not happy right now but I think it would be better if we just appreciated that we were able to experience that positivity in the first place um I think positive emotions are one thing but I think I have learned the most about this through like relationships that I've had like friendships and um like romantic relationships and relationships with my family like when you lose a friend or somebody passes away um it is hard and you should give yourself time to grieve but um also recognizing that it was a very positive thing at your in your life at one time or another um regardless of what um how they left your life uh an affirmation that I have is I have met amazing people who have taught me so much and I remember their blessings and their lessons even if they've come and gone um I think that is a good way to be positive about things that are temporary but um you know still appreciate them and allow them to to go Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And I know like for me too, whenever 
a really good experience is like over I tend to like dissociate because I'm like oh my gosh that was like the best time of my life and now I'm just like alone and sad but there was like this quote that I hung on to for so long in like elementary school and it was like um don't cry because it's over smile because it happened but I like thought about that for so long and there is like depth and truth to that but it's also like it's good to grieve sad experiences when they are over but it's also good to like share and shine gratitude upon that experience and that's a really good affirmation I should probably start reading and thinking about that more often but yeah like especially at the end of the year a lot of us I feel like have that seasonal depression because we are looking back over the year and we're either one grateful it's over and feeling all the sadness with that or Mm -hmm. we're like feeling sadness because we had so many amazing fond memories of the year and we had so many deep connections and now they're kind of over but also an ending is a beginning within itself and I think it also plays along with death is death is kind of like a beginning too and everything is constantly progressing in our lives even if it doesn't feel like that in the moment yeah I think there's um I think there's a cycle just like you said I'm talking about death I think is a great way to um I'm thinking of the death in tarot in my head, but death in general. um, I think you you will always have that experience. Um, One of my favorite books ever is Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. It's like a generational story about a Korean family during um, from the periods of like World War I to 1980. Anyway, there is a line in the book that says... um, Knowledge is the only thing that people cannot take away from you. Uh, We also, um, I feel that that was very impactful. And I think experience is another thing that people can never take away from you, which ties in with knowledge. But you may lose something or you may have a good year and then a bad year and then a good year again. But like what you, your human experience is something that people can never, ever take away from you. Like you will always have that. It will always be yours. That moment, the moments in time that you've had will always be yours. Like you won't, maybe your clothes are gone. Maybe your money is gone. You know, maybe your relationships with your family are evolving and changing, but like your experience will always be for you. And so that's, I think, being present and cherishing that is so, so important. Oh, I love that. I think, honestly, that's a good way to, like, end the podcast. Yeah. That is a great way to, like, kind of conclude things is, yeah, no one can take away your experience. And no one has the same exact experiences as you. So no Mm -hmm. one can take it away. And no one feels the same exact exact way as you do and so no one can take that away either and it's like very magical within itself yeah I have one more thing uh before we end the podcast I think also making space and respecting other people's human experiences and their opinions and their stories is also very important because that kind that will make space for a safe and loving community um like recognizing what your value as an individual and respecting others individual experiences I think is the best way that we create community 